Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Freight to the Point. I'm Alex Hersham, and I'm joined today by Alexander Leichter, CEO and founder at Bird. Bird supports SMEs and fast-growing direct-to-consumer brands with a fully automated fulfillment process that can integrate with any business's shop system. Through their international fulfillment network, Bird can successfully manage peaks in demand and increase order volumes. Welcome, Alex. Hey, other Alex, I guess. Thanks for having me. Very excited. I'm really glad that you're on today. Okay, so on today's episode, I think what we're going to try and do is first maybe understand a bit about what is order fulfillment and then move on very quickly to what is the role of some of these new technology businesses, including Bird in the space? What outcomes can it drive? How is it different? But maybe just start with the high level. What is order fulfillment? And maybe you can provide a brief overview of its key components. Absolutely. I think it's a, it can be a bit nebulous um, what, what fulfillment actually is. I think for me, the best way to think about it um, on an abstract level is really everything that happens once you click on buying an online shop until you have the goods in your hand is broadly order fulfillment, right? There's a lot of processes that fall into that. I think the, the key components really here, collecting the orders, right? If you've ordered different items, make sure you get all of those different items, package them in, in appropriate packaging material, and then dispatch the goods, meaning hand them over to a last mile service provider and deliver them to your doorstep. And after that, typically, right, there's a uh, industry dependent, there's certain return rates. And returning all of the process. If you want to take a wide scope, you could also see as part of the fulfillment cycle. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're specifically the, the the warehouse that's doing the pick and pack, and then you're handing it over to whichever your customers determine to be the last mile carrier. But you're also receiving back any returns, resorting, and doing whatever whatever returns process there is there. Correct. Basically end-to-end, right? Anything that an, an online merchant needs, anything that can happen in a life cycle of a good from purchase to basically refund all the operational topics that are there. As you mentioned, pick and pack, share return, and putting it back into the warehouse stock. That's all we do. Um, um, and those are uh, the service portfolio we provide. Correct. Fantastic. And then if your customer also has a either a physical network like stores or they sell B2B, who then sell direct to consumer, do you deal with that delivery as well? Or is it just the direct to consumer side that's your focus? Yeah, we, we do both. In fact, we started the business direct to consumer focus because that's kind of our, our origin. But as our, our brands grew as well, it's quite natural in this life cycle of a brand to eventually explore retail as, as one of your sales channels. And most of our larger brands have kind of an omni-channel strategy, so they sell direct to consumer, but they also sell through retail or other options and other platforms, for example, and we cater for all of that. So direct to consumers means typically sending, you know, shipments in the size of a parcel, a couple of items, and B2B in retail says our clients tell us, hey, I need, I don't know, anything from one pallet to 200 pallets shipped to this retailer or this platform, and it can be into Ten thousands of products. A very different process, very different skill set. But over the years, we've built both modules, kind of the B two B module and the B two C module. But that's what's really exciting in supply chain: this whole idea of direct to consumer versus retail. I think those sort of terminologies are going to die off in the next couple of years because to be successful, you have to be where the customer is. You have to be omni-channel. You have to be thinking about these different strategies. Obviously, we've just come off a 15-year period, sort of from the mid-2000s, 
and then re-accelerated through COVID, where e-com was all the rage and sort of consumer expectations has changed dramatically. Before we get on to specifically what you do differently as a technology player, how should businesses be thinking about the importance of their fulfillment stack and how it drives and should support sort of their customers and the expectation of their customers? Yeah, I think what you just pointed at, right, the the, the search of e-commerce in the last 15 years has been staggering and we've been benefiting from that as well. Personally, I think what we're seeing at the moment is also that trend to after coming down from a COVID kind of supernatural high, where we're seeing it coming down to natural growth levels again in, in 2023. And that's still exciting growth, right? That's a pretty rapid growth for an industry that has a penetration across Europe versus offline retail of still in many countries below 10%. So we are expecting the, the market share to increase there significantly. So the environment is still a very exciting one as a direct-to-consumer brand. But I think what has fundamentally changed in the last year, certainly, but even before then, is that a lot of people realized that potentially in the e-commerce market, so competition for merchants has gone up significantly, right? And that has driven customer acquisition costs for many brands across categories. So to build a long-term sustainable business that turns a profit, as every business has at some point, you need to diversify your channels, right? And as you pointed out, you need to be where the customer is. And I think many Many brands that we've seen that navigated those times most successfully are the ones that have a direct-to-consumer strategy, but also have a strategy to get into retail. There's a whole nother discussion to be had, what's the right timing for that and the strategy for that. But I think ultimately, that's where the future is going to lie. I don't think direct-to-consumer retail is going to be that strictly separated, but it's, as you said, it needs to be both if you want to have a long-term sustainable business. Mm. What it means that what that means for the for the fulfillment stack is I think very clear, right? The requirements that you have to fulfill as a merchant in terms of your supply chain capability is increasing massively because of the omni channels you have to drive, right? Kind of the simple just direct to consumer and back, which in itself is not as simple as it sounds. Anyone who's in logistics knows that, but that is gonna get multiplied by and providing different channels, selling through your own website, your platform retailers. So you, you need to either be very good at it yourself or have a, a partner you trust to handle that very well. So I think very important, yeah, talking one logistics guy to the other, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, of course. I, I, and what I love about the future of commerce, especially for brands, is that some decisions around what do you want your business to look like then trickle down to and how do you manage your supply chain? If you have a store network in the future, which I think many brands or most brands probably will, what is the point of that store? And that then feeds right back into not just the landed cost, like the overall cost to then sell it to the consumer. How do you best manage your inventory central versus distributed and all the challenges that come to that? We're probably not going to dive into that today, but that's one of the many things that gets me super passionate about the next five to 10 years in supply chain. Fully, fully agree. So, so okay, so, so, so you're, you're the team managing the inventory, picking, packing, sending it to customers, place an order for one of these ship happens t-shirts and, you know, Alex at Bird will fulfill it for you. Totally get that. Businesses have been doing this since before Bird and now Bird has come into the market and is saying we can do it better leveraging technology. Why? <laughs> Good question. Look, as you said, fulfillment has been around since the age of e-commerce, which is a bit older than than Bird. I think um, what makes our approach kind of unique is that we 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 set out from from 
little Austria, right, where, where I'm from originally. And the challenge we saw is that merchants in Europe in particular are extremely limited by their supply chain, meaning, you know, you, you start, for example, as an Austrian merchant, you try to go to, to Germany, you immediately have a big supply chain challenge because you need suddenly a warehouse in Germany and you need last mile services in Germany when you were only used to kind of maybe work with the Austrian post and had your your your, your goods in-house, right? And that was kind of the starting point that we said, why is that? Why is that e-commerce is progressing so far, but we're still stuck with like 250-year-old supply chains, national supply chains in Europe. So kind of the mission we took upon is really not building the best Austrian or the best, best German fulfillment for that matter, but really build European fulfillment, right? We wanted to offer a solution that merchants can use to basically tackle all of Europe with one partner, one unified technology. We will never be able to kind of, re, you know, fully eliminate the complexity that is built over the 250 years, but we can certainly help navigating that and managing that through technology. So what we do as BIRD is effectively we provide our merchants a solution, a technology solution that gives you not access to one warehouse and one or two last mile services in a given country. But when you join Burn, you actually get access to currently over 30 warehouses in seven different countries and as many last mile logistics services. So, and that's relevant for you, even if you only have a, you know, your home country strategy. Um, we have many brands who, for example, started in Austria, then expanded to Germany, and now they have a warehouse also in the UK and in France, and they're benefiting from massive cost reductions by being able to ship locally. Lead times are a lot faster. And not to forget also CO2 emissions are significantly lower because more than half of the CO2 emissions happen on last mile that we can significantly reduce. Um, so all of that is kind of the service we provide, and that has never been done before. There is no European fulfillment solution that it is. And the only way we are able to do that is really by integrating all of the factors that are relevant, right? The last mile solutions, the freight forwarders, most importantly, the warehouses. So our 30 warehouses that we operate together with partners, they run on our own proprietary warehouse management system. So it gives us full control and visibility. And we work with the local partners who've sometimes been in business with, you know, over a hundred years and have the local expertise and also the best talent on the ground. And that's kind of what makes us special. So we use technology to kind of overcome the national hurdles in Austria, but benefit from the wealth of local expertise that has already been there for hundreds of years. And we help them kind of um, getting into the 21st century. That's how we describe it. I hope it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, so if I break this down, you are te a technology layer. You work with great warehouse, warehousing and fulfillment providers. You give them your custom-built WMS systems, and you also integrate with a myriad of last-mile solutions. So a, a brand can come to you and say, I'm already working in Germany. I plan to scale to different markets. And you have plug-and-play solutions for them. And then you essentially give them global visibility because you're streamlining all the WMS because it's all yours into one macro view, but then they have all the goods in market. And you're playing on the trend of how can you find great local partners, but then all the benefits of distributed inventory that you mentioned, cost, lead time. And I love that emissions stack. So I didn't realize it was that heavy on the last mile. Is that is that a good way of describing it? Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. So we are the, the partners for our merchant, right? They come to us and we're we're totally hands-on. You have a contract with us, you have one partner to negotiate with on the price side, on the quality side, right? We guarantee you highest standard SLAs. So you don't need to deal with all the local partners and the complexity that comes with it. That's part of the beauty is that we are your single touch points to manage the entire network 
on your behalf. Yeah, um, but in a nutshell, I think that's um, beautifully summarized. Okay, so I love this. So, so let's 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 not talk about the tech versus the service, but the outcomes that you can drive. So, if I'm a brand, you're making me inherently scalable now across dozens of markets. Well, I don't know how many markets you're in, but in theory, dozens of markets across Europe, rather than having a strategy for UK, a strategy for France, a strategy for Germany. You're basically adding scalability and firepower to these businesses. That's exactly it, right? So we. What we have built is really we've also in all of those markets we are we're currently we have warehouses in seven markets Germany Austria UK France Netherlands Italy and Spain we can also ship in all other markets but right that's in those markets kind of the value the ad is the biggest and we've built volume in all of those markets so we have a great setup in terms of the warehouses but also in terms of the last mile all of it is kind of pre-negotiated at very competitive rates so you come you come to us you immediately benefit from us already having the scale in a certain market you can jump on top of it so you don't need to right if you were your own brand and you're just starting in the market you'd probably have to talk to the local warehouse first they don't know your brand you've talked to the local last mile service they have never heard of you so you'll get not so competitive prices likely as well. So if you tried, and that's what we had to do as well at the beginning, right? The beautiful thing is we've done that work for you. So you can hop on the train that many other brands already benefit from nice. and basically get a competitive setup in terms of prices and most importantly, maybe in terms of service levels. Yeah. So you're supercharging their growth. You're reducing emissions, improving customer satisfaction and doing that in a way where they can leverage your scale so that it keeps costs down. So that makes a ton of sense. I totally get the value prop. We can discuss in a moment how you go to market, how you sell. I would love to hear about those conversations. But a lot of that ends up being like, okay, you've created this sort of asset-like network for them or this, this scalable network across these different countries for them. How do you think about supporting them in terms of routing decisions? Or is it up to them in terms of you know, the POs that they raise and the flows that come into these various warehouses? Very, very good question. So what we do, we provide a ton of data for our merchants, right? You can get extremely customized data reports from us, um, whatever you need, and starting from simple things like reorder points and kind of stock limits when you, when you run out to more sophisticated kind of, you know, conditions. But we do not make the decision on behalf of our merchants where to locate the stock yet. The simple reason for that being is that we don't have full visibility to make the smartest call, right? Simple example is we would think based on the supply chain data that there is maybe we need to shift some vol some inventory from UK to France. But what we don't know is that our customer has a huge marketing kind of thing planned for the UK. And yeah, that's why they haven't got the demand side. Exactly. We don't have the demand side. So what we are working with at the moment, we have excellent account managers that have, you know, regular conversations with our customers hey what's your plan for your for your quarter what are you, what are you up to and when we know that that's where we can make the smartest decisions also consult our clients based on the data hey you know you have x shipments to this destination it would be smarter we could save some costs if we move it left to right we need the demand side input from our merchants to make the smartest decision yeah and and do you do the inter warehouse transfers as well yeah absolutely so we are also integrated with a few fantastic freight partners that help us make that as as smooth as possible, again, competitive rates and also great visibility for the, uh, for our merchants because they see where the stock is and when it's in transition. So it's not doesn't disappear. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I want to touch on just quickly in a moment who you sell to and how you sell because there seems like there's return on investment like stirring from many different ways. And so I would love to hear about that conversation, the type of companies and how you support them on their journey. 
But I just want to pause on the point you made there about not having demand information and maybe speak to why I was personally excited to partner with Bird at Zencargo. If I think about the future of supply chain, it is the combination of demand forecasts, inventory and warehouse and flexibility and distributed inventory and inbound visibility and inbound data flows at SKU level. And it sounds very simple. You know, what's coming in, uh, including what's been ordered, what's in the warehouse or warehouses if they work with Bird, and then what's the demand and how do you make smart decisions? It is incredibly difficult when you say that's across 100,000 SKUs across you know, seven countries or eight countries or nine countries or in the future, 20 countries powered by Bird. It makes supply chains very, very difficult to manage. But I think there's a huge opportunity over the next five years as digitization just accelerates and goes through the roof for businesses like ours to partner, not try to, I, we don't want to be the best at what you do. And likewise, I think you don't want to be the best at what, what we do, but partner and really drive our customers forward. So maybe just tell me for a minute then in terms of what size customers do you work with? And candidly, I'm just interested when you sell, do you sell based on sort of education and this is what it can unlock? Or do you do a real deep dive? This is the tangible dollars and cents or, or euros that we're going to drive in your supply chain over the next two years. Yeah, first, let me let me quickly respond to your point, right? That's what I was hinting at with great freight partners. We are very excited to to work together because, you know, the the analog nature of supply chain makes it inherently hard to predict and, and measure. And I think what you what you folks are doing is going to be hugely excited and beneficial, I think, for both of our customer bases. So excited to do more of that as well. And with regards to our customers, who are they and, and kind of what's our what's our pitch, if you will? So we, we, have, we work with a range. I think historically, it's been pure play online direct to consumer merchants. And that was how we how we kicked off the business. Many of them have grown into large omni-channel brands by now and so have kind of our customer group has expanded since then right so we're still serving those folks right they typically start in one country they have maybe a, a smaller portfolio of companies but since we have shown that we can enable them to scale and grow to many different products in many different markets and we've expanded our market coverage the kind of target customers that also come to us have become a lot large as so we have a lot of big brands also us brands for example they don't they're not interested in you know austrian fulfillment to go back to that or spanish fulfillment but they're interested in accessing europe right and that's the really exciting bit where we work with customers in europe but also outside of europe anyone who wants to access the market i think finds a really good solution with us and what we kind of consult them on or sell them on right is basically the best supply chain setup we ask for a ton of data to be honest right there's a bit of homework to do but i think it's it's required if you really want to want to build a sophisticated setup so we ask for you know the the type of products the destinations to uh, at the, to keep it to keep it simple um and based on that we do an analysis and we basically what we try to do is we don't come up with like look here's a price that's what it's going to cost you but we really try to assess their status quo and we try to assess how we can improve that status quo with our with our capabilities and then give them basically a return on investment suggestion and it's typically you know because we have don't have complete information a, a bit off but then we discuss it and ideally when when our customers sign with us they know exactly how it's going to improve their supply chain compared to where they are right now i really like that because for me there's a lot of excellent professionals in our industry but I think the next wave is all about tangible value. So when we at Zencargo are talking about what we do, we don't just say to prospective customers, hey, here's some visibility, now come work with us. It's the same spirit as what you're saying. Is like there's a lot of hidden value 
in supply chains. Our mission is to make our customer supply chain their competitive advantage. And I think businesses like yours and ours in terms of how we go to market and how we think about that hidden value is exactly the right approach and will benefit customers the most. I mean, I had to say from what you're saying, if I was a brand either in Europe and thinking about expanding, an American brand, a Chinese brand, an Australian brand, entering the market and trying to have flexibility, I totally get why they would want to speak to you and perhaps they want to work with you. Maybe one last question for me, just looking ahead. Huge value prop today. The market is moving in this direction of more distributed and flexible inventory. What, what, where do you see the innovation cycles over the next couple of years, three to five years? What, what, what else is going to push on? Yeah, it's a very, it's a very good question. Can go into multiple directions. I think what we're going to see is a lot more data generated by a company like us, by a company like yours, but also, you know, down, down to the last mile returns, et cetera. So I think we're going to sit on a wealth of data in the next, in the next five years. They're going to have another huge level of potential because no companies kind of you know, supply chain is so big and so complex that there's always going to be specialized players in certain parts of the supply chain. And bringing their data pools together is going to be incredibly valuable to provide visibility. So I think a lot of it remains, even if it has been for the last five years, certainly about visibility, it will remain a key topic. And then Benefiting from data and analyzing that data, I think, is going to be a hugely important thing. So that's certainly the way we look at things because we want to help more with, you know, what we touched upon earlier, automating decisions. Because as the complexity grows, even with advanced solutions, there's a ton of decisions to be made and a ton of things to be considered. And with more data, you can support that. And I think that's going to be the most relevant thing for merchants as they are kind of required to upgrade their supply chain we need to help them to cut through the complexity of it and so i think visibility and decision making based on data is is gonna stick around for the next for the next five years yeah for sure we're early on a journey a journey that will be incredibly powerful for the next five years listen alex thank you so much for joining us today it's been great to hear about Bird, about your journey, and about the value that you offer to brands, um, omnichannel brands, direct-to-consumer brands from Europe or entering Europe. Uh, incredibly excited to see what you do next and glad that we're aligned and that we've created our partnership between Zen Cargo and Bird. And thank you to all of you, whether you're at home, on the way to work, at the office, listening to this podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe, and I hope to see you all soon.